Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hello everyone, Tara Williams here with the Mom Manual. I have another amazing guest for you all. Nicole Butera is here with us today. She is a certified breastfeeding specialist and she is killing it on social media, you guys, giving away a ton of free educational content. She has courses on her website. She is going to give us all the hot tips today. Let's jump in. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Cheers. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. To anyone that is listening, thank you so much. My name is Nicole. I am a certified breastfeeding specialist, and I'm a mom of two boys. Just to kind of give you a little background on how I got here. So with my first, I had no idea breastfeeding was going to go the way it did. I just thought you latch the baby, they suck on the nipple, and that's it. Well, turns out it's more than that. So It led me to one year of exclusively pumping with my first. And then when I had my second, I had a goal of nursing or mainly nursing, I should say. So we were able to reach that goal of mainly nursing for a year with my second. Now, combining the difficulties and also learning so much from those two experiences, I really fell in love with lactation. I fell in love with learning everything that had to do with breast milk and supporting moms. There was so much information out there. So I just decided I would really like to get credentialed in this area. I became a certified breastfeeding specialist in 2021. And ever since then, I did start social media, not thinking much of it. But as I started posting reels here and there, it started growing attention. And the Milk Nest is now a community so far of 125,000 moms getting together. And just we we here at the Milk Nest really want to just empower moms in their lactation journey because breastfeeding is going to look different for everyone. You can be a breastfeeding mom as you're pumping, as you're nursing, supplementing, just using other forms. And it's really a judgment-free area and an inviting area I want to make it to include all moms. No, and I love that note about judgment-free because I feel like this is such a touchy topic. People who exclusively pump or use formula or actually breastfeed, like it's everyone feels like one way is more correct than another. So I love that note. Going along with that, a lot of people think there's a certain duration in which you need to breastfeed. That be six months or a year or you know, two years now, some recommendations. Do you have a recommendation or is it like whatever works for you? Usually, you know, we always say breast milk is very beneficial no matter what age you're giving it to baby. So if you want to breastfeed for four years, awesome. Do that. If you want to feel like breastfeeding is going to last two months, you know, I always want to make sure a mom feels confident in her decision because even as a lactation professional, we don't know what that mom is going through. Yes, offering lactation support can be very vital in a breastfeeding situation. But overall, I'm not that mom. I don't know their background. I don't know their history. So it's usually sometimes very touchy subjects. But I would say if you can maybe make a goal and yeah. then when you reach that goal, try to see if you can extend it how you can handle it. But of course, 
everyone and every mom and you know maybe you can agree to it really does take a village and sometimes that village is non-existent yeah so that's something I just want to put out there too yeah and we can get into it as we talk about I have four kids and my life was totally different just the job I was doing was I home was I traveling was I you know working in an office for each of them. And I love the idea though, of setting a goal. And then at least it's, you have something to work toward. I had this idea and I'd love to ask you about this, that I could not supplement at all with formula. It would almost ruin whatever benefit I was having of breastfeeding. Is there any validity to that? So supplementing with formula, it's a very touchy subject. So with that, I would say, you know, there are situations where a mom, for example, maybe she has IGT, which is insufficient glandular tissue and supplementation is necessary. There are topics like that. And from my point of view, I am so happy that there is a life-saving product out there to help babies thrive and grow as well. Now, when it comes to supplementation as well, what I do want moms to remember with milk supply is it's always going to be supply and demand. So we need to move milk to make milk. But to answer your question, does it negate basically the breast milk you're already giving? Any amount of breast milk is so beneficial. I know moms that make five ounces a day, but still want to go at it because it's so beneficial. Each drop really does count. That's a great one because that was always lingering in my mind. Let's jump in. So we have three takeaways for everybody. And looking at these questions, I know these are ones that everybody is confused about. So first is our pump selection. Tell us all the things we need to know. If you're looking at the video, as you can see behind me, I have a lot of breast pumps. And I actually, if you go to my Instagram, I have a highlight labeled the shelf. And I kind of rank them just my personal take. Of course, everyone's going to differ. Always remember that. But pump selection is going to be so vital when you're going into your pumping journey, whether you're mainly nursing or exclusively pumping. So a lot of times moms will opt in for wearables, you know, those pumps that are cordless and all of that. But what we have been finding is when we are pumping, we need to make sure we're removing milk efficiently and effectively. Because any milk kind of left behind, you're slowly starting to tell your body, okay, I don't really need that milk. And as time goes on, we see an issue with this. This is what I see with a breast pump that hasn't been the best in the mom community. Overall, you want a very good primary pump. There's the difference between primary and secondary pump. Mm, So a primary pump is going to usually be one that is a good motor itself and does drain the breasts. And then a secondary pump is going to be like a wearable Mm -hmm. one you kind of use up to half, ideally less than half the time when you're pumping. Got it. And that's when you say wearable, I I never, I didn't have those. Those are more new. Yes. They're so new. I think I really started getting into it in 2021 with my second, I had a willow and I absolutely loved it. But yes, overall, it's the ones without the cords. Right. Where you put it inside your bra and you can be working or driving Mm -hmm. or, I mean, in theory, that's so genius, especially for the modern mom that's on the go. And, you know, nowadays we're expected to work, but also pump for two years and be home with the kids, Mm -hmm. money, like all the things. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So the wearables are great, but really less than half the time. So can you go through for Mm -hmm. us your pump selection kind of 
I guess the primary, is it the brand or is it like a certain type? Like, you know, if anyone's listening today and they're like, okay, I'm going to go buy something like what would you suggest? So a good primary pump. I tried a few pumps and I don't know if you can see it, but the top shelf, I do have a Spectra. That's a good primary. Uh, the S1, the S2, I really like. Haven't been able to try the gold yet, but I really like pumpables as well. I think they're newer in the market, but they have really blown my mind because I like to call that pump tiny but mighty. And the other pump I have up there is the Unimom Opera hospital grade pump. Okay. So... When you're looking into a pump and you're trying to decide, is it a primary pump? Is it a secondary pump? If it at least, what I usually tell my moms is go to other reviews too. So when I have moms ask me questions on my pump rank shelf, I always say, go look at other reviews on YouTube too. Don't just depend on mine because everyone is going to differ. I know moms who have used wearables and for some reason they just react better to it than a primary pump Mm -hmm. and they're able to use that. But of course, again, everyone differs. So just if you're trying to look into that go, I would say look at other reviews as well. And with the primary pump, this one is typically covered by insurance. Is that right? Typically, yeah. So yeah. Spectra, I know, is covered by insurance. The Unimom is, Pumpables is not as of yet, but um, I do have other ones up there. So there's a Zoomy, that one's covered by insurance. I would say that would be decent as a primary, but overall, yes, they are covered by insurance. But yet again, there's pumps that you could label as primary pumps. When you look at the reviews, they're probably not the best. So that's why I say you really need to look at reviews. Don't just, don't just listen to what our mom friends tell us because they mean well, we love them, but you also want to look at it from a professional standpoint too. Right. So I had my first daughter in 2012 and then I just went off advice that I learned then. I know a big thing at that point was like renting from the hospital. Is that, does that still happen? Yeah, usually when we're renting like the Medela Symphony, they're renting it out to moms who have preemie babies or mm-hmm. in babies in the NICU. So really those times when we need to use a good hospital grade multi-user breast pump. Got it. And those I have seen, you know, they're awesome, but they're big and it's going to be hard to haul a big thing around <laughs> everywhere, especially if you're a working mom. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a couple takeaways though, definitely do look into renting it from the hospital. Absolutely reach out to your insurance because I feel like they cover for almost everybody now. Even if you don't have insurance, I still think there's, at least in the state of California, like there's options. So definitely yeah. look into that. And then secondary pumps less than half the time. Do you have a favorite secondary pump? You mentioned Willow. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I use the Willow 3.0. So I would just say, look at the reviews first, but if I had to give a safer option, I would tell my moms, look into the Willow Go. So the difference between the 3.0 is I find that it's a constant suction pump. So it's going to kind of trap in that breast. And as it's trapped in, it's sucking what's already there. Whereas the Willow Go, it does mimic similar suction patterns to the Spectra. Now I could go into a whole spiel with this, but overall, I usually tell my moms safer Willow version is the go and to just look at reviews. Look at other reviews too. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, check out all the reviews. Awesome. 
All right. The next thing we were going to talk about is flange size. And you said you're probably not a 24 millimeter. I don't even know what that means. Talk to us about it. Yes. So as you probably remember, Tara, too, you, when you got a pump, I don't know what pump you had. I think I see it on your shelf. It was the, the yellow Medela one. Yes. I love that one. Let me actually pull it out. So those watch. Now this one has been amazing. I exclusively pumped with this one. It comes with a 24 and sometimes a 21. I I forget, but it comes with a 24 millimeter. So a 24 millimeter flange, when we're looking at the size of that flange, it's pretty big. And why do pumps all come with a 24? If we're all different women, it's like a company selling shirts. They're just selling extra small. That's not going to fit me. Okay. That's not going to fit me. Every mom, when it comes to flange sizing, a lot of moms just use what comes with the pump. I'm here to tell you a lot of moms are actually way smaller than a 24. So usually between a 13 and 19 millimeter is most common. And I I agree with you. I think you see it and you're like, oh, well, the the bigger is better. Like it's more powerful. I'll just go and use that. But tell us why we shouldn't be using the biggest size. So the biggest size, sometimes when you have all of your nipple and areola going into that tunnel, you're causing constant edema, um, swelling into that when ideally with the right flange size, for example, this is a 12, we only want the nipple in usually and the areola behind this wide gap right here. For anyone who's listening, she's showing a pump. So like pointing in where the actual nipple portion should go. I do remember when I was pumping and partly, I think, or part of the reason why people stop pumping is because it hurts, right? And is that, should it not hurt if you're using the correct size? Yes. So just like nursing, you know what we say, it shouldn't hurt just like pumping. Same thing. It should not hurt. It should feel like a gentle tug or nothing at all. Interesting. Yeah. I, I remember pumping and I was definitely using the biggest one because I thought that was the best and, <laughs> and being too. like, oh, my breasts are so sore because it's like pulling the whole, <laughs> you know, all of it. Yep. In. So why is that it's beyond being sore? It's just not as effective or what's the reason for that? So we are finding too in the lactation community that when a mom is sized correctly, sometimes she does get more milk output. She's pumping more comfortably. She's able to even empty faster. You know, I've dealt with moms who tell me it takes me an hour to pump just to empty. And that's Mm -hmm. definitely a big red flag because ideally we don't want you to go over 30 minutes. If you're pumping over 30 minutes, you want to look at something like your pump and your flange. And then when we correct either or or both, we're seeing like, hey, that mom that took an hour to pump, I'm seeing that she's able to empty in 15 minutes and get more, you know, but of course everyone is different. And I always want to say with the flange size, as long as you're getting the same amount as before and you're comfortable and it's not taking over 30 minutes, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So would you say the there is an ideal time? It sounds like definitely not over 30, but is is it like 15 minutes is the ideal time or is it just going to really be different for everybody? So different for everyone, but I will say if you are taking over 30 minutes to pump, I would suggest seeing a lactation professional mm-hmm. just to make sure all is good. Yeah. So I've heard of lactation consultants, but I've never I, certified breastfeeding specialist is a little bit different. What What is the difference for anyone who's wondering? An IBCLC, which is the term usually lactation consultants go for that is an international board certified lactation consultant. 
that is the gold standard in lactation care. Mm -hmm. um, certified breastfeeding specialist, I was able to obtain also through a course. So there is a difference in fields and kind of a scope of practice. Right. So when it comes to an IBCLC, they are looking at it's kind of like a spectrum. They're looking from the easiest or not easiest, I shouldn't say, but one of it could look like the simplest breastfeeding situation to a more complex situation where a certified breastfeeding specialist, I am looking more at a different range and I wouldn't go more into the complex or medically complex side. Got it. Got it. Okay. And you specifically are really focused on the education side. So you don't do the house visits or the one-on-ones anymore, or is that part of your business as well? I do them so far. I do one-on-ones and I love them. And now things might change in the future, but right now I would say I really love doing the courses, the education, the reels, just sharing things out there in a relatable notion. Yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. The third piece we had was nursing and effective approach to latch and positioning. Yes. So you know how I told you in the beginning, I thought a baby just kind of sucks on your nipple and you're good to go. Well, I didn't realize why is my baby crying at the breast? Why are they arching their back? Why are they not drinking? So what I found too with positioning and latching is I usually tell my moms a good tip would be to remember the notion head, shoulders, knees, and toes, baby aligned, facing you, belly to belly, those little arms are hugging the breast. And when it comes to the position side, we got that down. Now, when it comes to the latching side, we want to remember that we usually don't want their chin to be tucked in. Because for those listening or those watching, what I want to give an example of is, let's say you're drinking a glass of water. Your body is facing one way. You're looking to the right. Try to swallow that glass of water. It's going to be pretty hard. Yes, that's a great example. I never thought of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then get your chin tucked. Try to drink water. It's pretty hard. Right. So you kind of want to always put yourself in the baby's position. That's what I tell my moms. Put yourself in the baby's position. So see how it would feel if you were in their position in, um, a breastfeeding stance, but not only do you want to be comfortable when you're breastfeeding, you want baby to also be comfortable as well. Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep, the Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. 
Use code MOMMANUAL15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? Oh my gosh, that is such, I never thought about it that way. Like if you're turning your head and trying to drink, it's not possible. The positioning is so important, of course. So would you recommend, I know there's some like boppy pillow has been a classic, um, those positioners, like what do you recommend in terms of devices or buying extra things to help make it easier? Always remember the only thing, usually I'm talking to a, a nursing mom. The only thing you usually need to succeed in breastfeeding is yourself and the baby. Right. These other things can help. So to go into it, usually I would say for a pillow, there's different ones out there. I've heard great things about Boppy. I loved my Boppy, but I've heard some moms tell me they preferred the other pillow. It was called My Breast Friend. Mm, and I that one. Yeah. So the breast friend supposedly is more firmer. The boppy is a little more um, plush, but mm. it's just going to depend on what you like. Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as like, yes, at the end of the day, you can, you just need you and your baby. But I really think the breastfeeding pillow makes it so much easier. Like, I don't know, especially when they're, itty of bitty, course. they're like in the hospital and they're just like blah, hard to hold. I love having a breastfeeding pillow. Is there anything else like that? The breastfeeding pillow where it's, you know, again, you don't need it, but it makes it a little bit easier. Any other recommendations? Not that I've tried, but I will say I've seen other ones out there. Another brand, I believe it's called Butter. That's one. I know Freedom Mom has one too. Haven't been able to try those, but I, those are the other ones that can I can think of right now. Yeah. And then, you know, another thing that I felt like was really critical. So I always had the nipple cream, but beyond that, I always had like a, like a breastfeeding station, if you will. So I had a spot in my house. I had like a little caddy that had some water. It maybe, you know, had a charger for my phone, the pads that I was wearing for like, you know, what is being talked about in the community that people are saying, I really enjoy this. What we really see or what I would see is I have moms have a caddies with them. You can usually just get them on Amazon. And like you said, you have your snacks ready, your creams, your nursing pads to have ready. And you're taking it everywhere with you, your water jug as well. Just having those things near you, you might not know it yet, but it's until the time happens where you actually need to reach for something, right? That's when it's going to be beneficial. So yes. I would say make sure to have your water, your snacks, your items near you. If you use a hacka or a ladybug, I would recommend that too. I would say work smarter, not harder. Yes. That was a newer one that I didn't use. Tell me what that one was. I don't have it right now to show you, but basically if you guys don't know what it is, if you look up hacka on Google, you're going to see kind of something that suctions onto your breast. Now they claim to be a breast pump. I like to call it more of a suction collector or milk collector, right. because what you usually do is you put the flap back on the hacka, you squeeze and you put it on your breast. And as you're nursing your baby, usually when that milk ejection reflex occurs on the other side, it can be collected into that hacka. Yeah. And this is one way I usually tell my moms they can store milk kind of passively. Right. To get the extra, because when I, I I remember that, especially like when you're first, you know, when your baby's probably up to like a few months old, you start 
feeding them on one side and then you have that letdown on the other side and it's just yes. soaking your shirt or you're collecting the milk into, you know, one of those little pad things. So I, I love that idea. Just, it's like kind of like capturing the extra that you wouldn't have got otherwise. When, when people talk about milk being liquid gold for me, it was beyond that. I was traveling Monday through Friday when I had my first wow. daughter in 2012. Yeah. Just yeah. A travel schedule. And I only took off six weeks. Cause I was with the startup company and they were like, it was oh, all guys. And they were like, how about four weeks? And I'm like, I feel like I need at least six. So and right. then I the road again, I know in hindsight, I was 25 when I had her in hindsight. I'm like, I should have spoken. Uh-huh. So I was like pumping in airports, like on the plane. And I yeah. actually was working, it was really interesting. So I was working in the hospital. So a lot of times oh, wow. I would go down to the labor and delivery floor and they had the most amazing, like medical grade pumps. And they had a whole oh, wow. room, like it was awesome. But again, I was in surgeries. And so I would like leave the OR and go down and it did, just the timing didn't always work out, but there is such a huge difference between those medical grade ones, because I could go in there and yes, sit there is. like barely 15 minutes and get you know, I think probably five ounces, five ounces out of each breast. And then if I was, I had the Medela one and it was, there was a battery option also, which probably really put it almost into that secondary pump option battery. And it was like, I would pump for 30 minutes and get like three ounces, you know, so much of it too, is that mental state, right? Like when I was in the hospital NICU wing they had a mother's room and it, it was dark and it was like relaxing. And I was in a comfortable chair in a private room where the other times I was literally pumping in like an airport bathroom. Right. And so stressed out. What do you think about that, that stress and being in the right environment and like being calm? Like how much does that actually affect? Is it your letdown? Is it your output? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Easier said than done. What I tell my moms when I do do the one-on-one sessions and we're looking at the supply side, I say, try to be as relaxed as possible. You know, you want to think of it as kind of enjoying a meal. It's not going to be enjoyable if you're stressed out, right? You're not going to be able to really enjoy it. And just with, you know, pumping or nursing, it's more, we want to correlate that oxytocin and prolactin hormone. So if you don't know what that is, oxytocin is that love hormone that also correlates with your prolactin milk making hormone. And it can be so beneficial to, again, easier said than done, be as relaxed as possible. You can listen to your favorite music. What else helps people feel good food? You can eat your favorite snack, just really trying to kind of set that in as well. So those things can be beneficial. Yeah. And really just like setting kind of the mood and the environment and and relaxing. Okay. Mm -hmm. What about foods? So I'm just going to ask you some random questions because you're, you know, you always have these things where it says, oh, you know, if, if you drink, I don't even know, you know, apple juice every day, that's the thing that's going to help. Like, is there old wives tale? Is there any truth to any of these? Is there any? Yeah. So just to start in 2018, I think that at the time, the thing was like body armor went that would supposedly help. And then in 2021, I started learning about specific Oreo lactation cookies. Oh, and yeah. then I heard of, of all, all the cookies and the teas and the yes. like, are those and the teas? No. So what I will say is the main consensus of 
you know, supply is supply and demand. I will always stand by that. There are things you can do to help. So in my course, I talk about manually doing things to the breast to help and with the pump. But overall, you know, we need nutrition. We need to stay hydrated, obviously. So when it comes to this, I would say just really focus on supply and demand. I'm not against people trying things at the same time. You want to be careful what you're trying and how much of it you're taking. I personally don't believe certain herbs can really help with the increasing supply side. There's going to be a difference in, you know, correlation though, because what if certain herbs do help certain hormones that then can help prolactin, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But these things kind of go into, Hey, talk to an IBCLC about this. Got it. Okay. So Yeah. Yeah. And no foods. There's no like eat a bunch of tomatoes or anything like that. I wish. No. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So this apply, I mean, you know, I think about it in, in this way. So some of it, I just feel like it's placebo, but second, second, if you are taking the effort to like drink the tea, then you're probably taking the effort to do all the other things, right? Like get in the relaxed environment, choose the right pump. And so I don't think it's surprising that women who say, oh my gosh, I drank this tea and I had a great experience. It's like, oh, that's awesome, man. You know, it's almost in the way of saying the people who work out, drink a pre-workout and, you know, then they eat healthy after and they're like, oh, it was just, it was really easy. It was the pre-workout. It got me through my workout. (laughs) You're doing all the other things. So I I love that, but I think you made a great point. Like just look out for it because now you can get stuff on Amazon and like, you don't even know if it, you know, has ingredients in it. And so just really make sure it's kind of from a certified, you know, place. So we're, we're wrapping up on time, but tell me like the, the craziest like conversations or just like something surprising that you find in your community or like an unusual question that a lot of people have. I guess something that would come to mind that's, I wouldn't say unusual too much, but because nothing is unusual to me when it comes to breastfeeding, but common is breastfeeding isn't supposed to hurt. And it's something I want to really get across that in social media, I see on TikTok and I see on Instagram, it's going to hurt, you know, you're supposed, what do you expect if something is already sucking on your nipple when you've never had that experience? So here's the thing. Always remember, it's going to be a different experience. You might feel different. It might feel like it's maybe sensitive, right? But if you are curling your toes and you are bleeding, you are crying, we need to see help. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah, this is something mo- more common. And I guess to me is crazy to see because of how, you know, common doesn't mean normal, right. how people perceive this as normal. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I, I was one of those people. I mean, I don't think I was in so much pain, but like, I just didn't want to do anymore. Cause I'm like, it hurts. It's, you know, it's all the things. One other thing I was just thinking about with my, so my first two children are 14 months apart. And then my second and third are 17 Aww. months. Apart. Okay. So, so <laughs> when my third child was born, my oldest was only two and a half. And it was just super crazy. And so I could not sit down with him and have him nurse okay. for like an hour. So I yeah. exclusively pumped from the time wow. he was born 
And it was easy. It was like such a great experience. My supply was really good. I was able to exclusively breastfeed for nine months. I was like really proud of that because with my other first two girls, I felt like my milk truly was like drying up at like six months because I had just breastfed them, not used a pump. Um, Mm -hmm. with Brooklyn, my first, I was traveling a bunch. So I was pumping was traveling, but when I was with her, but like my son, I never breastfed him. And the crazy thing about it was, I remember we went on vacation and he at the time was probably six months old. And I, for, I think I like forgot the cord or something. And I was like, okay, whatever we're on vacation. Like I'll just feed him. He would not take the rest. Oh, Cause wow. he been used to just doing the bottle. And I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is a problem. So we had to like run to a target, like buy the charging cord. Like it was, yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that could happen. But that worked really, really well for me, that exclusive pumping, because it was quick. It was fast. Like I remember I would pump in the car. Like I would just pump all the time while my girls were at yep. you know, preschool or picking up or whatever. So I love the idea that for each child, you can do something different, like depending on of what course. is happening in your life. And really, I think everybody should try these different things. And at the beginning, you said supplementing with formula is okay. I wish I had done that earlier because my first daughter, when we went to our six month appointment, she had been losing weight. Like I was literally starving her and I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I was like, oh, we can't use formula. Yeah. And I should have got her like an extra bottle. So I think that advice is great. You have 120,000 followers. That is amazing. Like you are building an awesome, awesome community. So I love what you're doing. You guys follow her there. She gives away tons of free information, but you also have courses and you have a code for us today. Yeah. Yeah. So feel free to use the code, the mom manual for the increasing supply and finding your flange size course. I would definitely love to, you know, show you what I kind of talk about there. Feel free to go to my courses, highlight and look at those testimonials because it really does come from a sense of using what happened to me with my first baby thinking I was a failure blossoming into this educational, you know, um, it's educational prompt where I can help other moms learn about these things. They probably never knew the mom manual. That's the code. The mom manual. Yeah. Okay. And that you guys, that's going to be 20% off, which is so generous. Thank you. That's her combo course, which is her most popular one. And where can everybody find you on social media, all the places? Feel free to find me on The Milk Nest on Instagram. And then if you have TikTok, The Milk Nest by Nicole. Amazing. Nicole, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you so much, Tara. And I just want to kind of say always to a mom, you know, no matter what's going on in your breastfeeding journey, you should be very proud of yourself. Like you said, if you want to supplement, There's nothing wrong with supplement. If you are thinking, hey, I do want to take this breastfeeding journey farther, definitely don't be afraid to get support. A lot of IBCLCs have uh, insurance covered visits, so you're paying nothing sometimes. Amazing. Um, There's WIC, Women, Infants, and Children, if you qualify for WIC. So definitely don't be afraid to reach out for that support as well. I love that. Thank you, Nicole. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You have a great day too. Bye-bye.